Um, you know them by a different name than I do. Um, I, we always referred to them as the Golden Girls. <laughs> and uh, I'll let you decide which one is which. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that fight, but I, I uh, love them and appreciate them coming and uh, being over. I was there for seven years, and somehow or another they didn't get tired of me for seven years. And so I, I appreciate good to see them. It quite shocked me when I walked in and and saw them, but uh, good to see each of you here this morning. The book of Jude, several years ago as a kid when I was growing up, um, we I, I, every time I preach out of the book of Jude, I, I'm reminded of this incident. Um, I, I was just a little feller and we had a, had a man in our church. You know those people who um, think that they're more spiritual than they really are, and um, they want everybody to know that they're... Um, really spiritual, but most of the times they're not. And, um, the Sunday school lesson was on, on the next Sunday on the uh, book of Jude. and um, I remember Sunday night, um, this man stood up and said, in front of the church, he said, I just want everybody to know, he said, Sunday school lesson next Sunday is on the book of Jude. He said, I'm going to write um, the, um, the editor of the Sunday school lesson and um, tell him that they need to make sure that they edit um, the Sunday school literature because they said that the, the, um, the Sunday school lesson is going to be on the book of Jude, but they didn't put what chapter in the book of Jude. And um, so um, there again, sometimes people try to appear more spiritual than they really are. But the book of Jude, I want to pick up reading in verse number one, and we um, we'll go down through, um, Lord's will, in verse number 4. The book of Jude, picking up in verse number 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you you, and exhort you, and you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, denying the only Lord God, and... Our Lord Jesus. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, we love you today and thank you for your goodness and thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for being such a good God, such a loving Savior to us. Lord, as we approach the Scripture, I pray that you'd help us to rightly divide the word of truth. Lord, speak to our hearts and again, we'll be careful to give you the honor, give you the glory. In Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we come to the book of Jude, I believe it is important to, for us to realize where the book of Jude is even placed in the Scripture. The book of Jude is, uh, is placed right before the book of Revelation. And we know the book of Revelation as, uh, as the last part of, of the Bible, and it deals with the second coming, the rapture and the second coming of Christ. And so the book of Jude is a, is a very small book, but and oftentimes looked over because of its it's uh, uh, small in nature, but it, it may be small in nature, but it's very, very action-packed 
in the few verses that are in the book of Jude. We find that the book of Jude oftentimes is related to the book of of 1 Peter. You'll find in 1 Peter, I believe it's chapter number 3, that Peter begins to tell uh, his readers that that, um, false prophets are coming, wolves are coming. And they will come in and not sparing the flock and will teach false doctrine and divide the church of God. However, that is not the case in the book of Jude. Jude does not say that false teachers are coming. He does not say that they will be here soon. But rather the book of Jude says they are here. And they are present in this day. And so we see as the book of Jude, as he begins to write to his his readers, he is establishing to them that uh, false teachers are here. And he begins to go on in verse number 4. He tells them what they're going to do. He says, these uh, who were before of old unto this condemnation, they're ungodly men. They, they may have a sense or a form of godliness, but when you boil it down to it, they're just really ungodly men. And notice what he says they'll do. They turn the grace of our God into lasciviousness. They, they turn the grace of God into that word lasciviousness. It, it, it has the idea of wickedness. They have, they have taken the grace of God and turned it into something completely that it's not. Not only do they take the grace of God and turn it into something that it's not, they deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. They, they deny His deity. They deny His, His, uh, um, His equalness with God. He, they deny that He is the only way to salvation. And can I say unto you this morning, those, those are not days that are coming. Uh, for years we have heard in the past, if you've grown up in church most of your life, you've heard, these days are coming, these days are coming. Well, beloved, these days are not coming, but these days are here. We, have, we see this on every hand. If you don't believe that, just turn on, turn on the television and listen to your average TV preacher. And that is what they're doing. They're turning the grace of God into something that it is not. They're denying the deity of Christ. They're denying that Jesus is the only way unto salvation. And so Jude, as he is preparing the, uh, the writers, of the, uh, the readers of his day to be, be aware of this, what is coming, we see that there again, the reason of his writing as he, as Jude begins to start out, as he begins to write this, uh, this epistle in verse number three, that he makes this statement. He says, when I gave all diligence to write unto you, of common salvation. He said, what, what I wanted to write to you about was, was the salvation. It was wanting to write about the Jesus Christ and He is the only way. Uh, some, people make, some people believe that He was wanting to almost uh, mimic the, uh, 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 not mimic, but reinforce the idea of, of the epistle that Paul wrote to Titus. And how that, uh, if you read the, the epistle, uh, epistle of Titus, the book of Titus, you'll find that it's, it's filled with love and it's filled with grace. And it, it does deal with the qualifications that are, uh, that are for the, the preacher and, and so on and so forth. So many people believe that he, he wanted to follow, follow that, if you will. But as he sits down, and it may be at his desk, and he begins to pick up the pen to, uh, to write to them about this salvation, God begins to change uh, the heart of Jude. And so we see that as, as Jude begins to write these, write these words, uh, there is a phrase that, is, uh, that, that you can take, take in, the, in the verses that we read, and it identifies or it sets the theme of the rest of the chapter of Jude. Now, very quickly, I, I want to just kind of give you uh, a, an outline of the book of Jude. Very quickly, we see 
in, in verse number 5 down through verse number 7, we see that uh, he is warning of apostasy. And that is, that is someone who knows the truth but willingly walks away from the truth. Down in verse number 8, down through uh, about verse number 19, we see that he begins to deal with apostate teachers. He uh, shows their earmarks, if you will. And then verse number 20, down through verse number 25, he deals with the true believers and how they are to conduct themselves in the day of apostasy. But I want us to notice verse number 3, the phrase that I believe that you can take uh, out of verse number 3, and it describes the complete part uh, or the complete uh, book or the epistle of Jude. And I want you to notice that it is this. He says this, It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you uh, sh- uh, that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Number one, I want you to notice there again, there's the constraining. He, it was needful for him to write about what God is, what God has placed in his heart about this coming apostasy. He reminds them that there, he reminds them of this apostasy that is, that is here and that is, that is present. But then he noticed, notice also number two, there's the charging. He says, I want to exhort you. That word exhort, we all know what it means to build up. It means to encourage. But notice what he says then. He says to earnestly, uh, to exhort you that you should earnestly contend. That word earnestly means zealous. It means eagerly. It means with a real desire. The word earnest, earnestly that he uses here is the word that we get. Uh, our, 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 our English word agonize. And so what, Paul, what Jude is saying here, he said, listen, he said, there's, there's false teachers that are among you. They're, they're denying the, the grace of God. They're, they're changing it into something that it's not. They're, they're denying the deity of Christ. They're denying the salvation in Christ. And here's what you have to do as believers is you have to earnestly, you have to agonize in contending in the faith. And so I want us to, I want us to look this morning at, at just that thought at, at contending for the faith. Now we're living it, we're living in a day where everybody wants to just get along to go along. We're living in a day that, that sad reality of it is, uh, uh, people are more, more interested and, and, and pleasing people than they are pleasing God. Churches all across America today had rather have the, had rather have their pews full than have God in the house. Now I will say this: it's easier to preach to people than it is to pews. But if a preacher has to sacrifice uh, pleasing God for packing the pews, uh, I think it'd be better just to please God. After after all, when it comes comes down when the day is done and and that preacher lays his head down in the pillow, it's not the people. That's going to have to approve of him, but it is God that should approve of that preacher. And so we see that Jude is telling us to uh, to earnestly contend that that if it means to agonize, if it means to to suffer for standing what is right, then let it be known that you will suffer for what is right. And can I say unto you this morning, friend, that there we are about to approach a time. I'm not a prophet, uh, uh, but if you if you can if you read the signs of the time. Uh, you can honestly say that we're about to approach a time that the true Bible-believing Christian is going to have to go through some agonizing times if they're going to stand up for truth. The churches who believe the Word of God and simply believe that God said what He meant and meant what He said, 
There's coming a time where they're going to have to contend. They're going to have to agonize. And so Jude charges his reader. And, and, the, and he says this about for the faith. Now I want you to know this faith is a, is a body of teaching that is centered in Jesus and the redemption work of Christ. And, and when Jude says this, this faith, he's, he's not talking about a religious organization. You know, it's sad today that most people will fight you over a religious organization, uh, but will not, will not fight you over the, uh, uh, the, uh, the truth of the Word of God. They had rather defend an organization than they would the Scripture. They, they're willing to go with an organization that will deny Scripture than just stay with the Word of God. And so we see that this is the day that Jude is warning us about. We see that this, 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 what Jude is referring to is the whole body of the doctrine, the Bible, the Word of God, the doctrine of God, which makes up the perfect truth, the, the Word of God. And never, never in a day have we seen the Word of God be under more attack than it is today. People are all, all the time questioning, did God really mean this? Or did God really mean that? Or is it something, or is it something that we could compromise about? It is sad, it's a sad day in our world that not, some, some, some statistics I found several months ago says that over 90% of, of people going into seminary goes into seminary believing the Word of God is inspired, infallible Word of God. But only 20% comes out of seminary believing that, that, the, that the Bible is the infallible, inerrant Word of God. Listen, if with preachers can't believe the Word of God, how in the world do you think that folks is going to get born again? How do you think that folks that do get born again are going to grow in Christ? And the Word of God is under attack like never before. We, we're, we're living in a day where manhood is under attack. The family is under attack. Uh, being a lady is under attack. I mean, sad reality is just this week, we've got boys competing in women's sports. I mean, we're, we are under an attack. And, and, I, and, and here we are as believers. Uh, most of us are sitting on the sidelines, twiddling our thumb, waiting for Jesus to come. And the whole time God is looking for someone to stand up and say the Word of God is true and every man is a liar. And if the Word of God is against it, then I'm against it. If it hurts your feelings, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll agree to disagree. But I cannot compromise the Word of God. If an organization goes against the Word of God, where's the churches that would stand up and hold that organization accountable and say, we will not go the way of the world. We will not change the Bible for some, somebody's idea and ideology. If it means that you will not associate with us, then let it be known we will do you a favor and not associate with you. But we are so busy in our day trying to be politically correct and not offend anybody. Do you know that nobody will ever get saved until they first get offended? Nobody, not, none of us that have been born again ever got born again until, until the Word of God was preached and it offended us. It offended me when I learned I was a sinner. It offended me when I learned I could not do, do anything to save my soul. But it, that's what it takes is the Word of God as a hammer of 
breaking the pieces of their heart and breaking down their, uh, their ideology and breaking down their philosophy and breaking down their view and then realizing that God is true and God, the Word of God is right. But yet nowadays again we have, well, we'd, we'd rather go along, for the, we'd let get along for the go along. And so we see that this is what, G, what Jude is warning the church of the last days is, is listen, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. There's people that don't want to, don't want to obey the truth. But you that are true believers just know one thing, that you ought to earnestly contend for the faith. Now I want you to be turned, I want you to turn over to the Old Testament very quickly to the book of Deuteronomy chapter number six. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter number six. I, I, I don't know why this is burning in my heart so much this morning, but I, I woke up early early this morning and and uh, uh, began to look at this and begin to uh, uh, look at some things and God began to really uh, burn this in my heart and and I, and, I, and I'm I, I, I'm concerned about not only the, this is the, not only the state of, uh, of, of churches in Mississippi but the churches of all around. And listen, I understand. We, we, we again, it's easier to pastor a church of of a hundred than it is to five people, and it's easy. It's it's easier to. A lot of times, we think it's easier to go to church with a a, a church full than a, than half empty. I understand that, and I, 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 I as a preacher, I comprehend that. But listen to me. I, I'm concerned as as I go around and and he, he, at, at the many churches that I have been in in the last few months. I'm concerned that, that their idea of growth is not what the Bible uh, idea of growth is. They're, they're interested in getting people in the pews, but they're, they're, they're not interested in growing those people uh, for the glory of God. And then also I'm seeing, seeing a common thing, that young people are not realizing what they have in, in the aspect of a local New Testament church. They take it for granted. And, and I'll tell you the reason young people take it for granted is because they see mom and daddy take it for granted and grandma and grandpa take it for granted. Somebody holler amen right there. Kids learn what they're around. And I'm going to tell you the reason a lot of them don't want to go to church is because they've had heard mama and daddy gripe and groan and complain about having to get up and go to church and it's my only day off and i got to go down there and listen to that preacher holler at me and do all this stuff. I don't understand why we go. And listen, that is the same idea that, that the young people grow up with. But I want you to notice what the book of Deuteronomy chapter number 6 says. The book of Deuteronomy chapter number 6. I want you to, I want you to notice what God uh, tells uh, the children of Israel. Notice verse number 10. And it shall be when the Lord shall have brought thee into the, into the land which He swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not. Notice this. And houses full of all good things which thou fieldest not, and wells which thou diggest not, vineyard and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Notice verse number 12. Then beware lest, that, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve Him, and shalt swear by His name. I want to tell you that we're in uh, that verse number 11. We're in that in the last part of verse number 10. 
that all, a lot of us are living, are, are worshiping in houses that we didn't build. A lot of us are, are eating off, off fruit that we never planted. A lot of us are drinking off thing, off the, the wells that we never walked, we never dug. What are you trying to say, Bridget? I'm trying to say the reason that Neely Baptist Church gets to enjoy what Neely Baptist Church is enjoying today is because some people many years ago saw a need and they were faithful and they stayed the course. And listen, I know, and I know well, I don't know much about the history of the church, but I can tell you this, if it's been around for a while, there's been some people get mad. There's been some people leave. There's been some people say, well, I ain't going down there because this, that, or another. But you know what? There were some people who said that we're going to stay in this. We're going to be faithful. We're going to do our best to line up with the Word of God. And if you can't line up with the Word of God, then I'm sorry. Maybe this is not the best place for you. I'm not for running people off, but I'll tell you what I am for. I am for going by the Bible. And if somebody can't go by the Bible, maybe they need to go find them a church somewhere else. And I'm telling you, young people don't realize what they have. And listen, I, as, as, a, as a kid, I, I didn't really understand uh, the, the heartaches and the pains that some people went through to, make, to, let, to, to ensure that I had a good place where I could hear Bible preaching and be under the Word of God. And eventually the, the, uh, the grace of God would appear unto me and I, I would get born again. I, I didn't realize all that. But now as, I, as I've been preaching some uh, 13, 14 years later, I'm realizing more and more of the, of the cause that some people had in my life. And there's some things that the reason I am what I am today is because some people was willing to earnestly contend for the faith. I want to ask you a question. Uh, what, what is it going to be 10 years down the road for Neely Baptist Church uh, if you don't start really contending? What is it going to be for your children and your great-grandchildren? Will Neely Baptist Church be like most churches uh, and ha- in 10 years and have to lock the doors uh, and, and shut down because nobody's coming? Uh, or will there still be a remnant? It may get hard. But will you still be in the remnant doing your best uh, uh, trying to keep uh, going on for the glory of God and realizing, listen, if, you, if I fail, there's going to be a lot of people that, that I've let down. If you fall, there's going to be a lot of people that you've let down. If you let this church go under, there's going to be a lot of people that you have let down. A lot of people have invested prayers and blood and sweat and their financials in this place. A lot of people have invested prayer and love and compassion and knowledge and wisdom in me. Near about everything I have has come from God's people. And if I quit, if I fall, not only is it going to affect me, but it's going to affect a whole lot of other people. And listen to me, if you compromise and if you quit standing on the truth of the Word of God for popularity and for people, there's going to be a lot of people down through the years you may not even know their name that you have let down. And every time, every time it, it, it comes, the devil comes to us and says we ought to quit. We ought to throw in the towel. You ought to remember, you're drinking from wells you didn't dig. You're eating, you're feasting off things you didn't have any, any, any responsibility in planting. But somebody along the way, they was willing to do it so that you could enjoy it. Listen, the same thing about America. I, I'm not, I'm not, a, listen, I... America's, America's going to burn just like the rest of them one of these days. I, I, I'm not one of these who thinks America is the apple of God's eye. I'll just go ahead and tell you I'm not one of them preachers. 
the apple of God's eye always has been and always will be Israel. The church has not replaced Israel. Israel still the apple, and I, uh, the apple of God's eye. People want to try to uh, make uh, uh, end times. Every time something happens in America, they start saying, "Oh, Jesus is coming." Jesus, is coming. you don't ba- you don't base end time theology on America. You base it upon what's going on in, in the Middle East. And so I'm not one of them. But listen, the reason one of the reasons America has been so successful and so blessed by God down through the years is because there's been some men and there's been some women that was willing to contend for the faith. And I want you to notice the last part of that verse. That you had earnestly contend for the faith which was delivered unto you. Boy, that takes on a responsibility, doesn't it? You know what he said? He said, this faith has been handed down to you. Which was once delivered by the saints. Or what's delivered unto the saints. It's been handed down. It's been given. And boy, isn't it sad that most of us have been given the most precious gift there is outside of salvation. And boy, we treat it so flippantly. The most precious gift out of salvation. salvation. We let work interfere with it. We let family interfere with it. You know, you know what is the, the when I when I when I deal with people in church. You know what the greatest characteristics sometimes I see. If you, if, you want me, if you want me to respect you as a man, one of the greatest characteristics I look for in men that I pastor is somebody who's willing to stand alone for the sake of truth. Well, there ain't very many people like that left anymore. There's very, very, few, very few individuals that will, that will stand alone for the sake of the Word of God. So I want you to notice he earnestly contend for the faith. And the reason being is just because this is because if we don't, no one else will. If we don't continue to stand, if we don't continue to keep going in the, in the, in the face of adversity and even in the face of apostasy, nobody else is going to. Preacher, it's going to be tough. Old man, one name was Lester Roloff. He used to get in the pulpit and he'd fling his jacket, jacket back and he'd say, I got my fighting britches on. He'd say, the Christian life isn't a, isn't a, a, a recreational park. It's a, it's a battlefield, brother. Yet, how many of us, we're looking, we're looking for that easy Christianity. Hope this don't offend you, but if it does, I really don't care. We're looking for that Joel Osteen Christianity. Well, we're looking for that that everyday's Friday and everyday's payday Christianity. That's not the Christianity of the Word of God. Matter of fact, Paul or Jesus would say something to like this: You know that the world hated me, and if it hated me, know that it's going to hate you. Paul would tell Timothy, he said, "Yea, everyone who lives godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution." 
It's no wonder the world does not like us. It's no wonder the world wants to shut us down. It's no wonder the world wants us out of the way. It's because we are the salt of the world. We're the light of the world. The salt, when it, in, it, it enters in wounds, it burns, it irritates light. When it, enter, when it comes on quickly in dark places, it hurts the eyes. It, 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 it makes you squint. No wonder they don't like us. It's because simply because they're again... Because when they see us, they see something that is agitating. They see the they see, ought to see Christ. They see the light of the Word of God, and it offends them. It hurts them. No wonder they don't like us. And I'm not saying that we ought to be. We ought to go bomb abortion clinics, and not saying we ought. Not saying we ought to picket funerals and and do some of the crazy stuff people are doing in the name of the Word of God. But I'm saying we ought to stand. And listen, I, when, when, when we get to the place of, when we're in public and we see something that is not right and that not gone, stand up for the right. Stand up for God. Because if you don't, you know what you're saying? I condone this. It is a shame that Christian people get more worked up over politics and they do somebody taking the name of the Lord God in vain. Several years ago when I was in Bible college, we went to Walmart one night and was walking around and man, there's this individual boy, there's just, I mean, he was cussing every breath in the middle of Walmart. And I, I never, I, I done had all I could take. It seemed like down every aisle we went, he was right, he was on the other aisle. And I had every, every bit I could take and I said, hey! I said, you stop that language in, in here. Man, I, all of a sudden he said, who said that? I said, I did. And son, he turned that corner and there he was, all seven foot and 425. <laughs> you said, what'd you do? I said, I walked the other way. <laughs> but regardless of the fact, I said that to be funny, that really didn't happen, but regardless of the fact, what happened to men who used to stand up for right? What happened to, to women who was okay? It was okay with him for just being a godly mother. But now we're chasing success and we're chasing the dollar and we're chasing all these things. And I'm not against women working. If you work here, glory to God, do what you can do. But listen, if your motive is dollars and not raising your kids for the glory of God, what happened to those days? I understand not everybody can, can, uh, can make it on one person's work. I understand that. I'm not preaching against that. But I am saying this. But we've got so many people that the only focus they have is not God and not raising a Christian family. It's raising the next best football player or the next best basketball player or the next best baseball player or the next best this or the next best that and listen all that's in its place but one of these days they'll be too old to play football they'll be too old to dance they'll be old too old to cheer they'll be too old to play baseball and but they will not be too old to serve god but if, if baseball cheer and dance come before serving god when they're too old to do that they won't be serving god where are, where are, the, where are the, the families who's willing to be the outcast just so that they can contend for the faith? My wife will tell you, I make no bones about it. Me, I am the outcast of my family. I make no bones about it. And it used to bother me, but now it don't. When parties happen, we don't get invited. That's okay with me. 
You know why? Because I had to learn that if I'm going to live godly, there's going to be some people who don't want anything to do with me, even amongst my family. That's okay. Because I'd rather have the approval of God than the approval of men. I'm just trying to exhort you this morning. Where are other statesmen of our day? Where are our Dwight Moody's? Where are our, our Sam Elliott's? Where, where, are, where are our statesmen? I'll tell you where most of us are. With our head buried in the sand. Because we've been so told that if you offend somebody, it might cost you a job. Now I'm not taking that lightly. We've been so told that if you share Christ and you, you stand in, in a chance of disciplinary actions. And so we have chosen it's best just to keep our silence. Than to stand and contend for the faith. After this you may not want me to come back anymore. That there again that's okay I've been kicked out before. But you know what? That's why America's in the shape she's in. Because we, the majority, have been so silent so long the minority has taken over. Have you ever noticed it's only just a loud few that runs this country? Now listen, there again, I hope you understand my heart. I'm not for being off color. I'm not for hatred. I'm not for dealing with people ungodly. But I am for standing up for what's right. I know, I know Greene County needs some states. Listen, we, we need, we need some, you need some in Greene County. I, I've, I've been gone for several years. I don't know what's all transpired, but I guarantee you, you need some statesmen in political office. Somebody who's not willing to compromise their belief for the sake of votes. You, 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 need, people, you need teachers in the school system who's not afraid to get, to get reprimanded for, being, for not being willing to teach the ungodly, wicked, false truths that's being pressed down to our children. We, we, need, we need some mothers and some daddies who's willing to stand up in the, in the front of the baseball league and say, my kid will not play on Wednesday nights. My kid will not practice on Sundays. And if it means they have to, it means we won't. Well, it got quiet right there. Y'all believe in that? I mean, that's what kind of people, we, that's what kind of people Jude is telling us in these last days, that's what kind of people you need to be. Why? Because their son they've turned the grace of God into something it's not. And they're denying Christ. And you need to stand for the truth. I might have told this the last time I was here. I don't know, but several... I was pastoring a church and was not in Greene County. Just to put that in perspective. 
But I was pastoring a church and I told my wife one Sunday morning, I said, well, this may be the last Sunday I'm, we're here. She said, why? It's because I'm going to preach on something that's going to upset half the church. I knew it was. But I knew God had dealt with my heart to do it. She said, what are you going to preach on? Don't lose your false teeth when I say this. I said, I'm going to preach on alcohol. And that Sunday morning, I preached with everything on me, everything about me, I preached on alcohol and the dangers of it. I didn't insert my opinion. I just gave them the Word of God. And do you know, after that day, over half the church, usually they'd come out the, come out the doors and they'd speak to me. Over 90% of the church went outside doors and would not even speak to me. And from that day, I had a man tell me, he said, just mark it down, your days are numbered here. He said, it bothered you? It did. But I had to get to a place. Am I going to please men or preach the Word of God? And I'm not telling you that to feel sorry for me. I'm just telling you, people ain't going to like it when you stand. People ain't going to like it when you take a stand. But earnestly contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. Why? Because Jesus is coming. And people need to see Christ. Song leader and pianist come. Father, we love you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace.